Welcome to the Strange Films Podcast, a place for filmmakers, actors, and other creatives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Strange Films Podcast. I am back once again with another filmmaker and uh, creator, content creator. Uh, his name is Fernando De La Cruz. He's based out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm very excited to have him on the show. He's a filmmaker. He's a storyteller, a freelancer, you know, all that good stuff. He knows ins and outs of... Uh, videography and everything so i'm very excited to have him on the show and share his story today fernando how are you doing quite well how about yourself thank you for having me yeah of course man i'm doing very well thank you and uh i i'm excited to have you on the show and get to know you so uh fernando for my for this show we like to showcase creators and of all kinds and kind of see what they're all about and everything so my audience may not be familiar with you if you'd like to introduce yourself properly and uh kind of give them a little bit of background of who you are well, hello, everyone. My name is Fernando De La Cruz. I'm based in Pittsburgh, PA. I'm a cinematographer, photographer, and a, a writer. Um, I can edit and color grade, all that fun jazz. Anything that deals with content creating, I can do it. Um, so when it comes to my backstory, I started uh, a, a year of 20, 27, 2019. 2019, I was trying to find a day job because I graduated from college from graphic design, but I realized that it wasn't meant for me. So I thought back, to, I thought back in time and I, I was trying to think, what was it that made me happy the most? And I remember like when I was in, in high school doing brackets at production it, with Mrs. Houck, and we do the, all these fun uh, videos and whatnot, right? I used to play, uh, I used to have fun on YouTube and be an amateur YouTuber and whatnot. And then when I was in college, I used to be on a TV show called, and I helped out on it, on IEP TV called Back to the Drawing Board. It's almost like The Office, but for filmmakers. Um, and I was like, this is what made me happy. And so I was found by Burns Angel Media, and they gave me my first step in the door to shoot a band called Tropodelic. And it was my very first shoot. Scary, though, but it was the very first one. And when I got on stage, I was like, holy crap this is fun like it was exhausting i literally the thing is like which i know a lot of y'all have built up dealt with this before when you started i did that thing for 80 dollars for like four to five hours long in the rain like it was raining it was drizzling and i was like but this is fun though i want to do this the rest of my life and so after that i went from uh i went to i did cinema uh, uh, music videos concert photography recap videos everything would do with ban uh, bands but then i was like hmm i love watching films why not start making films so then after that i got into starting my own do my own films and whatnot and starting from shattered um pick up our turn the message genocide it was like, I was trying to do this goal of trying to make a, a movie every month. But um, yeah, ever since then, like I haven't stopped ever since. But then uh, that's that's how I stumbled upon uh, making uh, films and whatnot. Like, to be honest, though, if it wasn't for film or the camera, I don't even know if I'd even be here because, you know, I grew up in a very, uh, it was a tough background, but it was the camera that really saved my life. Like I was able to pave my way through college. I uh, bought my first car, bought my second car, and it maybe it helped me to be able to move up here. So that's why I love making films so much because it wasn't for the camera or having my camera, which my first camera was a Nikon D3300 
was my first gamer. Hey, it was oh, yeah, crappy dude. autofocus. I, yeah, uh, I love it. <laughs> Uh, that was the, I called her a old Betsy. That's what I called right. her. And she got, she got me through. And then I went from the Nikon to the A6400, Sony A6400. And then from that to the Pocket 4K. And then from that to the A7 III. So now I just use the Pocket 4K and A7 III for my professional shoots. And I use the A6400 for, um, YouTube. And I gave my Nikon away. But yeah, that's how it all began. And I swear, man, if it wasn't for the camera, man, I wouldn't even be here. So I'm yeah. very thankful. Uh, well, we're thankful for you to be here as well, man. And I can definitely relate to that. Um, I've been on numerous shows before and even on this show, I've talked about how filmmaking, uh, just being a creative in general, just kind of having that energy that's always just buzzing inside you, kind of having to release that and everything. That's like that's what keeps me going really what motivates right. me what what inspires me because without it without having some sort of outlet like that i tend to be really poor version of myself where i take a lot of things with life you know it it just hits me harder so i just end up being really really down the dumps really in a bad mood and all these different things so being like having something something to get that creative content out that that energy out and just that buzz that makes me feel alive that really i need right. that in my daily you know routine or my life and goal <laughs> stuff like that so i can I definitely understand how it saves you in, in a sense you know and you, it right. really kind of keeps you going and and it get, keeps you excited so um <clears throat> humble beginnings too you know like uh sounds like you're you're only just a few years in i mean 2017 2019 something like that so you're, yeah you're really kind of getting going. You're only a few years in and that's, and I started off uh, my career doing uh, music videos and a lot of that stuff too. So, um, so let's, let's get into the the beginnings of all this. And, you know, you're, you're making music videos, you're starting to make like YouTube and, and kind of diving into movies and whatnot. What was that process of learning how to make a movie and kind of motivating yourself enough to, uh, you know, create that first short film? What was the biggest challenge of all that? That's a great question. Um, so the greatest challenge was uh, finding crew. Because mm -hmm. when you're doing your very first film, it's not going to be easy to do it by yourself. And I didn't know, like, how to market or, like, market, how to, like, go online and say, hey, yo, like, I need help. I didn't know how to all work. So my first initial thought was, I didn't, I didn't think of going on Facebook pages. So my first initial thought was asking a friend. And so I thought back on um, uh, my co old college buddy, and I got one person to come. To come, He drove, like, three hours away to come and help me. And I was like, thank you, man. His name is Alex Ulackley, which if you're watching, hello, Alex. Um, he actually taught me a lot of things that I know um, now. Um, and that was one of the hardest part. And also, um, writing to a degree, because I always wrote stories growing up ever since I was a kid. It's just, I never was taught how to write a script. So I had to do research on it, even though I did this, um, rough, uh, course or a short course on musical production, uh, for the life film school back when they were around, it was only like online schooling practically went on youtube but i never was really taught how to write scripts so that was the hard part but other than that it was uh really fun it was really fun to do and also i didn't understand how to uh cast as well 
So like I said, like I just went to asking a friend, like, hey, yo, we work together. You want to be my uh, actor? He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, bro, whatever. I don't know how to act. I'm like, no way. Me too. I'm still learning. So let's let's do it. So I just like that was the uh, toughest thing in the beginning is just finding cast and crew. But now I know like you can just uh, do a casting call online or go on backstage and you can have people audition <laughs> for you. And if you like what you see and also uh, networking, that's a good way to find the best crew for you. And yeah, that was one of the toughest uh, uh, going from music videos to uh, making short films. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it can be a very complicated process. It can also be very daunting as far as just taking that challenge on. Yeah. Um, but this is, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot on the show about for aspiring filmmakers and creatives who are wanting to make a short film, you know, like you always hear that same advice, which is just start. Right. And, and right. like, that's, that, that is to a degree, like the best advice you can get. Um, right. I mean, you proved to you proved to everyone that you can just call up a buddy here and call up a yeah. buddy there and just say, Hey, we're going to do this. We're still all learning together, but we did, yeah. it. We did it. And, and those skills, it, th- once you start doing it, it's like a train. It just keeps going and going and you're just going to keep building that experience and right. things up now. And now you know exactly how to, handle a casting call and auditions and right. all these things like that. So yeah, it's a, that's always a huge challenge. Um, but it's, it's definitely part of the process as far as getting started and everything. Now mm-hmm. you said that you, um, you're a Jack of all trades, you know, you know, your gear, you know, your editing, your color grading, photography, all that stuff. Uh, is that all self-taught? Did you go to university to learn all that or? So, um, you know, I, even though I did go to college for graphic design, I still always say it was self-taught because I made it a goal back because when I went to community college before I went to IUP, I actually went to school for psychology. Like I wanted to be a marriage counselor and then I transitioned to a graphic designer, total flip. And um, I taught myself through uh, <laughs> GIMP and then uh, Inkscape. Yeah, we all know that those programs. And um, I taught myself how to, and then I transitioned from that them to Adobe so Illustrator and Photoshop and Lightroom taught my, and Premiere Pro taught myself all of that. And then when I went to IEP, I felt like I was, I, I don't regret it, but I felt like I was wasting my time because I literally, they're basically teaching how to choose the program. So it was like, why am I here? Other than the connections that I made, it was like pointless. Um, and then I taught myself how to do DaVinci, but it was mainly the lockdown that did it for me. Because during the lockdown, what could you really do? Even though at the time I worked at Starbucks, they allowed us to go to work because we were considered um uh um Essential. what was the term? Uh, it was uh minutes. Uh, we were allowed to be out there because we were the ones that were helping the nurses to stay up. Yeah. yeah. So we were allowed to. So through that, I was able to uh, get some online classes or um, paid courses. So I had uh, I got full time filmmaker, tomorrow's filmmaker, and uh color grade central so i learned how to uh, color grade better through davinci resolve which is an amazing program to, uh that's all i use that's all i use for everything anymore uh i i don't hate premiere pro final cut i hate but uh, i don't hate premiere pro which is i just find davinci so much better because there's less crashing you have to hop from one program to another program to another program it's everything in one platform and i it, it helped me through my career I literally didn't get the paid version until my fourth year in. Mm-hmm. That's how much, that's how badass um, DaVinci Resolve is. 
So, but that's what did it for me during the lockdown. I taught myself how to uh, color grade, uh, how to edit faster, how to write better when it comes to scripts, or even how to uh, write script and then direct through a webcam because I, that's how, I, how the message was made. It was all during the lockdown, and I wanted to make a film where I completely directed people through a webcam and the my two actors they filmed themselves on a cell phone or their webcam because it was a a cyber uh horror film mm. so almost like unfriended where it's like a horror film like in this type of concept where everything is on a webcam right and that's what i basically did so i wanted to uh prove that i could still make a short film even though like the lockdown is happening so yeah everything is all yeah practically everything is self-taught that's great man and uh we live in a great time where you can be self-taught, you know, doing that. I mean, you, you got some paid courses and everything, but I'm sure a lot of just practice on your own and yeah. things like that was took into play. But a lot of people can just learn a lot of things on YouTube alone, you know, just right. watching, watching videos and really studying that and taking a shot of it on their own and, and going for it. So it sounds like, uh, yeah, I mean, you in lockdown, even though that was a really traumatic moment for everyone, at least you made the best of it and gaining all those skills and everything like that as well. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your films, uh, Fernando de la Cruz films. Uh, let's, uh, you know, what's you've, you've made a few now and what's kind of like your inspiration going into your movies. And are you looking for a particular kind of genre or mood that you're kind of going for all these, or are you just kind of, uh, it's an open field and any, everything's kind of, you know, you're just kind of taking wherever your inspiration hits you. So in the beginning, uh, I, I was I was playing around what like we all have to dabble and I was playing around on uh, what is it that I know it's horror for a fact. I've always been a horror film person, but then I narrowed it down to I love anything that's psychological and no gore and also um, heavy on store on the story because I've always liked psychological horror because those are the ones i believe can impact you the most i hate it when it's except for evil dead that's a that's an amazing uh film but uh i hate it when horror films put too much gore like for example uh terrifier i don't know if you ever heard of that film oh you know yeah what I'm talking i just about. watched uh terrifier 2 yeah and, exactly and and in one of my other shows i was talking about reviewing it and i was just saying i was like you know i love terrifier i love art the clown i love the genre like the indie you know gritty feel it's got but man, yeah you just kind of start getting numb to that, all that blood and gore in it. And it's like, yeah, it just, just kind of ends up being too much at some point. Right. Like you know? there was one scene in terrifier two where he was going for a girl in her bedroom when the mom wasn't home. That was long. It, it was too much. It was like, it was just kept going and going. Yeah. And right. Like, and it was ridiculous. And it just kept going. <laughs> I was like, dude, like, this is too much. Yeah. Like yeah, they're done. Like uh -huh. they're, they're done yeah for sure it was pretty gnarly right right so when there's so much gore in a film it's like it's a turn off so anything that's psychological uh for example uh, i see you i see you so anything that's psychological where you think you know what's going on but you have to really watch it and then there's a twist at the end because it's like you think you know what's going on but then you don't Mm -hmm. so i see you i don't know if you ever saw that film it's it came out in 2019 but it finally went it got put on netflix in a couple of days and now and now it's being it's going viral where it's about uh people that are um frogging okay which i didn't it's a thing i didn't know it's a natural thing so frogging 
is imagine yourself going into a rich neighborhood and you, 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 you break into someone's house while they're not home and you put yourself in a room that they will never find you in and you stay in that room. That's called frogging. It's basically you're breaking into someone's house and you're living there without them knowing you're there. Wow. So that's what that's about. And you and one of the characters is uh, really messed up. And you and all of these incidences are happening in the house. And you think it's him because he's crazy. But then outside of it, there's a person that's kidnapping, kidnapping kids or boys. And he's like a serial killer. He is a serial killer, almost like a Gacy. And you would think it's him. But in the end, you realize the reason why he, he begged to go in that exact house is because he was a victim of the officer that lived in that house who actually is a serial killer. Mm. So that's why he wanted to go in that exact house and he wanted to uh, do what he did in that house and torture the household as revenge to go to hurt him for what he did to him when he was a kid. And I was like... That fuck with my head. Like I didn't see that coming whatsoever. So stuff like that, those type of films are the ones I really like because you have to really watch. Because if you don't, you're not going to understand how everything goes. Or uh, *Malignant*. Yeah. *Malignant*, amazing film. Amazing film. I like that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just talking about that movie with my buddy. <laughs> we yeah. were we were both on the. Uh, I was on the. I was on the positive side of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of saw the ending coming. Yeah. Because like they were talking about her head and I was like, wait, I remember her bashing her head. And I was like, the twin is is she has so it's it's in her it's in the back of her head, isn't it? Yeah. It's mm -hmm. I was like, okay, now it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, now I, I just I just dwell upon a psychological horror. Okay. So that's where I go to when it comes to my films now. Yeah, that's a great genre to be in, man. And uh you know, like kind of finding your niche you know in that in that area too will help you as a, a filmmaker and storyteller as well because you're just always kind of consumed by that genre how to push that boundary a little bit more every time and everything like that so right you know i fell into horror pretty quickly and i definitely do uh other stuff outside the horror genre but right. as i do more horror films i get more inspired for other kinds of horror films, you know, not so much like, yeah, like, like more psychological or more kind of drama. What would you say is your favorite? Uh, like genre wise. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I definitely do like horror. I mean, horror is definitely one of my all time favorite genres in general. Um, but I'm, I'm a huge comedy fan and just indie, yeah. indie drama in general fan. So those are kind of the new, the other avenues I'm trying to explore a little bit more mm -hmm. in my uh, filmmaking career. But, uh, horror is just the, the most fun you know it's just yeah. the, you can just have so much fun and be wacky with it or whatever you want you know and the horror community is itself is just fantastic to be a part of right um so uh you you, you also are a storyteller you've got this uh series that you're working on uh is it called decadence or decadence uh decadence, the decadence of umbra decadence of umbra yeah I yes was, i couldn't tell how to pronounce that Dec decadence of umbra and it's um it's like a yeah it's a storyteller it's a storytelling approach to like a narrative and you you have some video over it and you you wrote you write it yourself you narrate it yourself and it's even on spotify it's on youtube and everything we'll put the links in below so that way people can check it out but what was the inspiration behind that and and what's that process like so um 
I'm actually a photojournalist uh, for Channel 4. And due to that, when you work for the news, a lot of times you have to do stories that deal with uh, um, like homicide and criminal stuff. It's like it's action news. So I knew what I was signing up for, but I didn't know how much of an impact it would put for to me mentally. I so I had to go back into therapy. Here. Yeah. I had to go back into therapy and because uh, I was getting night terrors. Mm. Um, so my therapist knew that being a creator or writing is a good way for me to let things out. So he told me, how about you take what those night terrors and write them down, turn them into a story and change how they end. So at first it was like therapeutic and it was just for uh, therapy and just, just basically for fun. And I would read them to my girlfriend almost all the time she's my biggest fan olivia de la Quilla. i love her um if you're watching i love you um so uh she always she was the one that said hey I, i'll never forget it. she went upstairs and then she she yelled down and said she's like hey fernando i'm like hey hey, uh, hey. and she was like you're you're thought about turning you know people like stephen king people like goosebumps you know you ever thought about turning those stories and publishing them I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, come on, like, go on and give it a try. What's, what's the worst thing? What's the worst that can happen? You know, just do it for fun. So I did it. And, you know, I, I've always wanted to get into voice acting as well. And, uh, you know, I thought it'd be a win-win. And so then I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I need to come up with a name. So I was coming up with these stereotypical names, like Frightmare for goodness sake. And I was like, that's, that's obviously taken obviously it's not like any film um and then unveiled behind the curtain i was like well that's gonna get me canceled so let's not do that <laughs> and i was like <laughs> i was like and then she she's a a really good chef she's an amazing cook and she was like well maybe something with uh like with decadence and i'm like oh shoot whoa, whoa you're going something that's like something that gives you a little taste that's a little taste that's something that's tasteful and i was like so the decadence of uh, darkness, she was like, nah, what about, uh, and then she taught me a Latin word that means the darkest part of the sun, or another way to say dark, which is umbra. So that's how the name of decadence of umbra occurred. And so I remember, I'll, I've always watched uh, Mr. Nightmare or uh, Mr. Ballin, Mr. Crease. They always tell scary stories. But the thing is that I, that, that that gets me is that they always get their stuff from Reddit, which I respect. I don't. I'm not against that. But I thought, well, what if I wrote, did this my way, but everything's all original. So that's how the decadence of Umbra uh, occurred. And now, like, um, at first I was doing it weekly, like every week. Um, but then, like as we were discussing, um, a lot of times, which I know a lot of people out here that are in this field, you have a habit of uh, sandwiching. So you juggle a lot of things at one time. That's what happened to me because uh, I was actually shooting a documentary that I'm working on, a new docu-series. And at that night, um, I forgot a drive. And I was like, this isn't me. Like, I, I, uh, I forgot a drive that connects to my pocket for k And I was like, how did this happen? It's because I was juggling so much in my head that I, like, I'm usually well-organized. But then I forgot that one part. And then when I got home, it, it, it got resolved. I had a backup. But when I got home, I was like, I need to record. But then I was like about to fall out. I was like about to fall over. And I was like, I'm putting too much pressure on myself and I need to stop. So I made an announcement on my YouTube channel and everywhere else that from now on, I'm going to be making these stories partially. 
and um, take my time on these stories because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's all about quality. And so I want people to love these characters that I make as much as I do. So now I'm taking my time creating these stories, which I'm actually working on a new one now. Right on. Uh, you, you're up to five now, right? I thought I saw part or how many stories are you at now? Four. Four. Okay. So you're working on your fifth one now. Yes. Okay. Good deal. It, but what you just said, I want to touch on that because it's a very, um, it's a very important uh, subject, you know, and, and I, it's a good point. It's a good conversation to have. I mean, you know, what is that balance of trying to be this very ambitious person to uh, juggle all these different things and projects and ideas and thoughts and, you know, also balance your own personal life and job and everything like that to also kind of realize like it's all catching up to you and you kind of things are slipping through the cracks and everything like that, you know, because quality is the most important thing, I believe, and also taking care of your own mental and physical side of your life and everything like that, because I I'm very much the same, you know, uh, for just a little context for the audience, you know, me and Fernando were supposed to have this interview last week and, you mm -hmm. know, I kind of gave him a call and I just said, look, I, uh, I just can't do it this week. I got too much stuff piling up and I kind of, I don't want to rush this and all these things. And, you know, Fernando was very understanding and forgiving and, and all these things like, you know, he definitely could relate to that. So that's, it was one of the conversations I kind of wanted to bring up today in general, right. just because I think it is important for creators to realize that, uh, you know, as, as exciting content can be, you have to really take care of yourself at the end of the day. So right. What's that balance like for you and kind of understanding how did it get to that? I mean, well, you kind of set the example there, but your um, thoughts on that, I guess. You know, I think what the problem is, as I think a lot of filmmakers, like when they're starting out or even, even if you are professional, like we have this mentality of the perfection complex. Because a lot of people in the world uh, that are like higher or that have a name, they're able to bump out so much content. But the thing is, to be able to do that, you have to have a team. They, they might like, for example, Peter McKinnon, um, mm -hmm. he might be the face, but he has a team behind him to be able to pump out so much content. And I think it's because we think in our mentally that we can do it ourselves even if we do have a little bit of crew at the end of the day if you're juggling so much at one time i don't care if you do have a product, like a bunch of people backing you up at the end of the day it's you that's the head and you're putting all that pressure on yourself if you were to scatter it and organize it that's one thing but if you can't just be like okay i scheduled this for one and i got this at three and then i got this at five but then I got this at eight. So I have a little bit of break time. So I have to hurry up and rush and get started to eat. And then I got to go to my next project. But maybe I don't have enough time. You see what I'm saying? So at that point, you're rushing and you're not able to think logically. So at that time, because that's happened to me twice or um, it's like for me, I have a habit of overworking myself so much that I literally get sick. Mm -hmm. And it's because my body is making myself stop. And I've had to happen a lot of times. Because it's like you just don't want to stop. It's, it can be an, it can be addicting sometimes. But at the end of the day, because I remember I got asked this uh, a couple of days ago. It's like, you're doing all of this, but do you ever make time for you? And that's the thing that we never really think about. It's like, we have to, like, we always schedule things of, for work. But what about scheduling something for you to, like, take time for you to rest? to meditate or go outside or do whatever you need to do to do something that makes you happy 
instead of thinking about business. And that's, I think, a lot of people need to understand that. Stop thinking that everything is going to be perfect or stop trying to be perfection or trying to be like all these other people out here that do or able to do it. And like are able to do as much as you as much as they can, because they have so many people behind them. Look at freaking Disney. They have freaking so much things going on at one time. It's because they have how many people behind them. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we're human beings. We're not machines. We need to rest. Unless you get a uh, chat GPT, but that's a whole nerd con. That's a whole nerd story. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Uh, yeah, you're totally right, man. And that's something I had to really start making a habit of just taking care of myself, resting, spending that extra time with my family. You know, I've got a two year old son, you know, that so he's always a priority. And right. you kind of have like this, like, I love my son. He'll always be my priority if you know, things come God up. Bless you. You know? Thank you. And, um, yeah. but like, you know, like you said, there's kind of like this addiction side of me when it comes to content creating and being a filmmaker and everything like that. And I love it. Like, I love it, you know, so much that I, it's all I think about. It's all I obsess over. And right. so I'm always thinking on the next idea or dwelling on the projects at hand and just think just it's always consuming. So it's, I don't take that time to watch movies really as much as I'd like to or you know, sit down and play a game or something like that. It's all business, you know, and then like that, that kind of catches up to you after a while. Cause you kind of, you get burnt out a little bit and you get a little stress, you get a little cranky or whatever it is. And your body starts to shut down like that. So I kind of had to start realizing that happens, you know, more than I'd like if I stay in that mentality all the time. So I have to kind of take like, all right, you know what, this week, I know I've got this day, this day, this day, I'm going to do that. Maybe on that off day, I'll have a little bit of, relaxation in business but i know on this day and this day i'm just gonna take it easy like i, I right. can schedule posts i can schedule something just to have it out but i'm gonna take it easy this day and you know and then sometimes when busier weeks or life happens a little bit more it's like forgive yourself to you know let let you work through the course of life and not have to focus on the business side of things because you're right we don't have a t- big team behind us to produce things while we're you know off the clock essentially but it can be a very, very big challenge, especially getting started. And it can just be overwhelming and comparing yourself to other people and all these things. So we have to just really, like you said, you know, rest the machine and and take care of ourselves and whatnot and not try to be so, so hyper focused on it where it's it's uh, it gets out of out of hand. You know, so. Right. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, I, I I think that's a it's a really good sign that you you're aware of you were aware of that. So now you're able to kind of take your time producing these stories and everything. Yes. Um, if, if you had, do you have any inspirations, I guess, or aspirations to take these stories and uh, do something more with them and down the road or. Yes. Thinking with the decadence here. Yes. Yeah, so right now, um, they're just narratives. And what I want to do is grow it to where I want to do auditions to do get more voice actors to not just me doing because right now it's just me narrating but like i said i need to build a team so i want more people to be involved into it but then further down the line at the end of the day i'm a filmmaker so i want to be able to turn these uh stories into live action to turn into a live action series so or live a live series um so that's the end goal i want to be able almost like how um uh, two cent horror stories or like goosebumps how they took he took his books and turned into actual things or stories you can see on the screen 
so that's my end goal right on that that would be very very exciting i think that's a cool uh cool aspiration to get to and seem like you're right on the path to to get there man um okay so you you got these stories you got your films you work on music videos documentaries now and everything like that you're still relatively new into the the career here but you you know they always say like a 10 year takes 10 years to really kind of make your mark somewhere or whatever so you got what 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 are some things you're looking forward to in the future of your filmmaking career um and maybe some other bigger goals or something how how do you want how do you see your career kind of trying to expand um i want to be able to open my own like open a a bigger a, a film company i'm not really i mean of course we all want to go to the red carpet and win awards it's not really that, that I'm looking forward for. It's more like I want to be able to, it's more like creating a legacy or creating something to leave behind. Because at the end of the day, you can have all those awards and all the money in the world, but at the end of the day, what are you leaving behind? And that's my end goal, to be able to leave a film for a lot of, of films for a lot of people, which that would be cool. I want to make feature films too, but I want to leave behind my mark as in okay you know he's on his final he's on his deathbed but what did he leave behind a way for people to be able to connect so for example you know quentin tarantino which uh amazing amazing uh director he has so many films that he's made and now he's left so much behind so when he's gone he left a legacy or like kevin smith he's 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 still he's getting out there he's still going but he's left so much behind it's like or Mars or Stacy left so much great films behind. That's what I want to do. I want to be able to have a name and leave a legacy behind. That is my end goal. Yeah, I totally relate to that, man. I've I've said that many times before, man. I especially now, you know, I always bring up my son, but he is like my one of my biggest inspirations, just to kind of be like, you know, like no matter what I do and how how this career ends up being like i just love doing what i do and making this kind of art to leave behind and i think it's exciting to know that one day he can just kind of watch and listen and see it all you know people like that's my you know, dad look yeah, at what my right. dad did that's, yeah that's super cool to think and like you said have a name so people who stumble upon your work or they or they see they know knew you who you were and they can just watch and and, and see kind of that, that that artistic side of you and uh, and just kind of, yeah, leave your, leave your stamp, I guess. And I think that's super cool. So, um, yeah, that's exciting, man. And I, I think, I think it's great to have someone, you know, bring this kind of perspective on the show to, to talk about the, the humbling and real parts of filmmaking and everything like that. Uh, so one of the, the biggest things, you know, what are some of the struggles, I guess, trying besides like obviously overworking yourself and whatnot but what are some of the struggles that you think you have experienced getting it you know being in the thick of all this now um what what are some challenges that you experience now so that's something new came up um the struggle is that that this is a good thing for a lot of people to hear um a lot of times when you are, especially in the indie film industry, it's coming across with people, it's it's forming relationships with, with cast and crew. Um, you have to be careful who you work with because at some point 
it can come back at you because it's like you put so much trust. It's like, for example, um, I had uh, my very first film was called A College ended up not not happening due to uh, it's a very long story. But there was an actor that was supposed to be on set and everyone else was on set. And I gave her a call and I was, and she's like, hello. It was always, always she was sleeping. I'm like, what the hell in my head? Mm. Hi. Um, you know, we're posted. It's, uh, you know, 11 AM. Uh, where are you? What's your ETA? And she's like, who is this? And I said, my name, she hung up the phone on me. Yeah. So because of her, like the whole thing ended up not happening that day. You have to be careful who you work with and who you, uh, want to partner with. Like, for example, I used to be with, uh, a production company called 3PT Productions. Um, and it ended up, uh, me and my two roommates, it's a very long story, but we ended up uh, uh, having disagreements and I decided to take it upon myself to quit because I got tired of what was going on behind the scenes. So it's you have to be careful on who you form relationships with and take your time to get to know who you're working with because at the end of the day, if you don't, it will backfire on you. So that's a lot of things. Of course, a lot of people are going to say, oh, the budget or money or that's we all go through that. But the reality of it is you have to really be careful who you put your time and who you want to expand with, especially when you want to do partnership with someone. It gets really messy. It really does, especially when you two got disagreements. And right now I'm trying to take care of a lot of stuff. So that's one thing that a lot of people need to realize really be careful who you put your trust uh in like really understand who you're getting involved with or who you're working with because at the end of the day it can cost you your film um your name everything else so right now i'm rebooting with uh fernando cruz all, all over again films and but it's not stopping me though it's not stopping me obviously as you can see but at the end of the day it, it's, it's a lesson learned it's a yeah. lesson learned so this is something for a lot of, of everyone that's watching. Please take this to heart. Yeah, no, it's it's a very, very, very uh, solid point to make because uh, I actually just had this conversation last night with one of, someone on my team, and we. Uh, it, there's a reason why you keep your my team right now is small, and uh, it's because it's, they're the people I trust the most. They're the people I can be my complete self with. Com- I can be completely honest with, and and uh, we all have the same goal oriented ways but there has been times in the past where you had to cut people out or you can't collaborate with someone because you know some drama happens or something like that and then it's it's unfortunate you know but you know at the end of the day i try to separate the personal side of it from the business and the creative side of it and you know uh kind of gauge it from there but you do have to really be careful with who you work for and you know there's a kind of like also like that that balance of or understanding like this isn't we're not all here for like fame, money, and you know mm-hmm. success. We're here for because we love it. We're passionate, you know. And like when you have that mentality on the same team, then a lot of things can happen. A lot of great opportunities and doors open, you know, from there. But if you got someone who just wants it for the rewards, the 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 success, the you know the re- name recognition, then I think that can be a little um, complicated yeah. as well. So definitely be really selective with the people in your right. inner circle, you know, and and uh be and really trust those people and have each other's backs um, right you know because that's the thing like it's it's very easy to mix up uh, opportunists 
with people and passion, people who are passionate. Because a lot of people, people who are passionate, they just do it because they love doing it. But people that are opportunists, they look like they're passionate, but they're practically just using you just to build an op- make an opportunity for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing you have to look out for is people who are opportunists, because at the end of the day, those are the main ones that would really mess you up. Mm-hmm. It is not even funny. There's so many of them out there. I deal with that in Pittsburgh a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, it happens here, man. You know, it does happen here. I, I'm assuming pretty much everywhere. Social media is a hard game too because everyone, everyone feels like they can connect with you, uh, like they know you, and they don't even know you. And right, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. You know, it's like they they think they can just slide into the, the inbox and talk with you and say, "Hey, I want, I love your work. Let's work together." And it's like, whoa, right? Wow. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it doesn't work like yeah. that. Like, I don't yeah, know, like yeah. that. Like, so, um, no, no, so very, very good stuff. Um. All right, man, this is the part of the show where I like to try to ask. Uh, I know you've already given a lot of great solid pointers and advice and, and personal um, things that you can relate to. But is there anything else that you can think of through your own perspective and experience that you can pass on to another aspiring filmmaker or creative uh, maybe getting started? Um, yes. So one thing I can say is if you feel you have a voice, like, for example, um, there's this new thing called selective uh, cancel culture. So if you feel like because at the end of the day, we we have to uh, be really, we really have to look at what we do these days, because if we don't, someone's just going to get offended. And because of that, it's going to cause your career to possibly break or you get canceled. It's unfortunate, but it's happening so much today. But at the end of the day, how much are you willing to um, do it for other people or do it for yourself? At the end of the day, it's, it's your content and you do it for you. If you have anything you want to say, like especially if you speak out for the truth in any film industry, you can be crucified. It's unfortunate. And that's why a lot of people stay silent. But no matter what, if you have something to say, no matter if you're making something or something that's happening on set, you know, if you have something to say, speak your truth because you can... Because at the end of the day, you can, if you're speaking the truth about what happened on set, you'd be saving a life. Or if you're trying to cut something out of your film just to satisfy everyone else, then what's the point of making it at all? Because at the end of the day, it's yours. So, and you have a voice. You're not a carpet that people can walk on. You have a voice. So, if you have anything to say or want to show to the world, show it. Don't let anything stop you. Show it. Because at the end of the day, your you have freedom of speech and nothing can stop you let, never let anyone stop you never because then you might as well just not do it at all because why did you enter in this in the first place for people to control you no you entered it because you want to express how you feel now stephen king he went but he went he went haywire like a lot of stuff that he said is like you, you know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> Some of the stuff he said, it's like, what are you really trying to say? But the yeah. thing is, like, he had a voice. He he wanted to speak his mind, and he did. And I respect that. I get kind of offended sometimes, but I respect it because he's not let any not letting anyone stop him. And everyone out here watching, you should be in the same mindset. If you have something to say, say it. Never let anyone stop you. Amen. I love that. I love that. I totally agree. In any in any medium you may choose to do that too. You know, you can do it verbally or written or 
video. The, the, the world's your oyster when it comes to that, man. You know, right. So I love that. Uh, Fernando, man, we can uh, find your work at Fernando De La Cruz Films uh, on, website, I believe. I'll put that in the link below. You got a YouTube channel. Um, what are some things that you want people to check out and then plug away, my friend? Yeah, you can. If you would like to work with me, like the same for you, man. If you like to work together, I would love to help you out with your films. Oh, like, yeah. I see, I got uh, make. I actually, I need. I don't think you ever send me some of your stuff. Uh, oh. <laughs> are you done? I would love to see your work because, sure. especially the horror films, because I would love to see your style of horror films. And if you never, yeah. need, if you never need help with writing or editing, I would love to help you out. So Thanks, I wanted to say that first. Appreciate that. But uh, yeah, no problem. And um, also. Uh, Yes, you can find me on my website if you love me to work with anyone out there. If you'd like me to work for you, I would love to edit for you, be your cinematographer, help you uh, be your assistant director. I'm right here and I'm ready. So if you like my services, you can contact me on Fernando Cruz Films on my website, or you can, or if you like to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube channel. Make sure to like and subscribe. And I believe that's it. But and also TikTok, but I don't really go heavy on TikTok when it comes to Fernando Cruz films. But if you like to follow the decadence of Umbra, yes, all my series stories, you can follow. They are they're mostly published on Spotify and YouTube. But to follow like for teasers and what's going on behind the scenes and whatnot, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and on that platform for decadence of Umbra, TikTok. TikTok is fire when it comes to. Oh my gosh, I sound like a. Uh, it's 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 popping okay i'm a 90s kid i got yeah no, i hear you I hear you. Rad, <laughs> rad. yeah dude uh dude that's great man yeah i'm gonna put all those social links uh youtube channel website all that good stuff in the show notes below that way people can check out your work i definitely recommend checking out the decadence of umbra that's a really cool concept really cool uh initiative that you're doing there with the not only writing it, but actually doing voiceover, voice acting with it as well. And I wish you the best of luck when it comes to all that, man. And I'm excited to see what you uh, keep keep making and, and uh, follow your journey, you know. So uh, thanks for coming on the show and sharing uh, your story and who you are and what you're all about, man. I, I love it. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. I wish you the best on your journey as well. Uh, how long have you been in film? Uh, we just hit our seven year mark, uh, in April. So I'm seven years in and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been wild, man. We, we went from making a first, you know, short film in the first year, 2016 to jumping into music videos, like I said, doing some documentary yeah. work and then, uh, making second, third, fourth film. And, and then we expanded it from films to music, art, comics, do the podcast network and all that good stuff. We, we host events, uh, do film festivals and screenings and stuff like that. So it's just become a huge multimedia experience, but uh, you know, I'm running the show pretty much all by myself and that's where I'm like kind of starting to get build some extra teamwork and getting some extra admin stuff taken care of because uh, you just need help with all that kind of stuff. Once it starts getting, getting a little big like that, but, uh, but yeah, right. I'm, I'm, we've got uh yeah, quite a bit of films out there. So I'll definitely send some of those your way, at least the channel and that way you can check out on your, when you get some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to see that. And if you ever want to collaborate, like I said, hit me up. It, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, and we're, you know, we we operate both and not we're a little inside baseball right now, but that's all right. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm based out in Knoxville, but we're also based out in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So we we operate in both both areas. So if there's ever a way that we can collaborate in either either area, I'm sure maybe Philly. How, how far is Philly from Pittsburgh? Um, uh. 
about three hours, I believe. Oh, is it only? Okay. Yeah, two yeah. or three hours, yeah. Okay, cool. So, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely definitely opportunity to collaborate, man, in the future. I'd love to – I always love working with new people too, especially the like-minded folks. So. Hooks, yeah. Awesome, dude. Sounds good. Is there anything I missed that you want to promote, plug on the show today? No. Um, the only thing I can think of is uh, the Fernando Cruz films and the Decades of Umbra. Make sure to like and subscribe. And, uh, yeah, they're – that's all I have, man. It was right a pleasure on, to be on this platform, and I I enjoyed this time. It was a good time. Yeah, likewise, my friend. I appreciate you. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Check, in, uh, check out Fernando. Show him some love and support. We got all those uh, details below. And uh, thanks, Fernando, for your time. Everyone, we will catch you guys next time.